Hello. Welcome to Enlightened Empaths with Samantha and Denise. Today our topic is learning how to say no. We are going to talk about how the word no is not a four-letter word. It's actually your friend. And I think as enlightened empaths, sometimes all of us need that reminder that saying no to yourself when you say yes to others is not really a good way to go about life. And so we're going to talk about how to say yes to yourself and practice saying no to things that are no longer serving your highest good. I want to say a big thank you to everyone who's been listening and commenting on Facebook because we've just been getting a lot of nice feedback about our work together. Yes, and I just feel really humbled by the whole thing. It's incredible. And I do love the more people that I talk to that we are making the connection we were hoping to make, that, that people are feeling like they're becoming part of a community. So it's incredible. I agree. And we had such a great response to our Manifesting Love webinar. A big thank you to everyone who joined us for that. Yes, that was a lot of fun too. Okay, so um, how good are you at saying no, Denise? The blunt version, I suck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's really, it's such a work in progress. And I, I mean, I think it's a combination of, you know, the people pleasing, being brought up Catholic, being highly sensitive, being an empath. It's all of that rolled into one and with a dash of dysfunction. You know, it, it's, but it does. It makes you crazy because I'll start to say it and then go through that whole litany in my head of, oh, I might hurt someone's feelings or they're really counting on me. So, again, blunt version, I'm not good at this. Yeah. How about and, you? And, no, I'm, I'm exactly the same. But, again, like you said, it's something I am working really hard on, and I am getting better at it. We'll get these weekly emails from my kids' school saying, help, we need volunteers for this this week. And, and I just kind of force myself to say, no, you cannot do that, and I just delete it. So I'm working really hard Ooh. on it and I've made yeah, I've made some really good progress. And I think what helped me a lot was what you just said. Trying to look at the motivation behind my impulse to say yes to things I really don't want to do. And that motivation tends to be rooted in this yearning, this desire to not hurt anyone else's feelings. Mhm. Big, big and part of it. It is. And as I started to realize that that's really the only reason why I was saying yes to things I didn't want to do, it empowered me to say no. Because really, when you help someone else, it does feel so great. And so I want to make it clear, Denise and I aren't saying, you know, say no to everyone. We're just talking about about the things that you really don't want to do. I mean, there's some things that I don't want to do that I do want to do. Like, for example, um, a friend of mine asked me to help her move. I didn't really want to do that. But I did really want to do that, to help her. Yes. Did it, I actually want to waste my entire sense. Saturday? No. But did I want to be there and support her and help her? Yes. So those things, I feel, are a wash, and you just do what you have to do for friends and family. But I think what Denise and I are talking about are all those other little things that get in the way of our day, you know, all the little favors. Uh, if you're at work, people tend to so often push projects off on you I think that happens to the empath of the group at work often. Hey, do you mind making these extra copies? Hey, I don't really understand this project. Can you look over it? You're so good at grammar. Hey, could you, you know, you're, you're so good at making everybody feel welcome. Can you be in charge of welcoming the new guy? All those little things that you really don't want to do. It's not going to be a big payoff in the end. You're just doing a favor for someone else who isn't really even receiving the energy of that favor and the spirit in which you're giving it. That's the kind of uneven exchange we're talking about on today's show. That was well put. I agree. And, and I think another piece to that is it, it does tie in with the putting our beacon on our head of, of there are certain people who know we're an easy target, I guess is, is the only way to put it. And they'll ex the expectation becomes, and, and I equate that to, you know, when I do have quite a, not quite a few, but a select group of people who I've known for quite a while and they want free readings. They, that's the expectation. You're a psychic medium. Oh, I'm feeling a little down. Can you have to? And I, for years, I would fall right into that. And I'm not saying that I don't do pro bono readings or help people out. That's not what I'm saying. But when it's the same people over and over. And I think another piece to this is, I don't know if you have any people in your life who 
who are really good at saying no. So no matter what you ask them to do or help with, mm, no, sorry, can't do that. No, doesn't fit my schedule. And I think that's the other piece to this is we don't want to be that person. There needs to be that happy medium. That's us. And that's, <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's right. And that's a tough place to be. I have that experience all the time with friends and quote-unquote friends asking me for, for readings. And I agree. Like, you and I both do a lot of pro bono readings for strangers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's part of our tithing. But when you have the same people asking again and again, hey, can you tune in for this? Hey, any word from so-and-so? And, and, and then you don't get any feedback back. And you just, I don't know, it makes me wonder, why are you my friend? Right. What it makes me think about, you know, those really, really wealthy people who wonder, why people are their friends, you know, do you like me because of me or because of my money? Uh-huh. It's kind of like that when you're a medium. Sometimes I want to say to some of the acquaintances in my life, do you like me for me or my psychic gifts? <laughs> you know, it just popped into my head, too, is years ago when the boys were younger, uh, I took them to golf lessons a couple times, and it was twice a day driving to this other town. They'd go play golf, and it was a big deal. Their, their father's a big golfer, and I thought it'd be something they could do together. And there was this woman who said, oh, well, I'd love my boys to go. Would you mind picking? So anyway, long story short, I ended up picking up her kids, driving them down there, picking them up, making sure they had a lunch. And it it went on for, I don't know, I think it was like a three-week program. And there was never any reciprocity. There was never anything, well, what can I, it it was always, and when I did ask her, would you mind taking the boy? Oh, sorry, I can't do that. And feeling I think sometimes we fall into that place that it's easier to do it ourselves. And in the case of those those children, I wouldn't want the kids not to have the experience because she wasn't going to take them. So, no, I wasn't going to say, no, I'm not going to drive your kids down there. But the balance piece seems like such a huge part of this when when we're giving from a place of compassion or empathy or we really do want to help people versus uh, people just taking advantage that we're kind. I deal with that all the time. And I think as a parent, especially, that's really hard because of what you just said. You don't want, you know, the the lady's children to miss out on this fun time because she's being self-involved. And yet the energy of the gesture degrades over time. And what used to happen to me when I fall into those situations is I would get upset, but I wouldn't want to say anything. You know, don't rock the boat, Samantha. Mm-hmm. But it would it would spill out of my energy anyway. And then the friend would say, are you okay? Is everything all right? And I would say, yep, everything's fine. I'm just running really late because I've got to do A, B, and C before I get your kids. So then I fall into that passive-aggressive patty, right? <laughs> and that's not a good energy. So what I have learned to do is to speak my truth. So now what I'll say is, I don't mind taking your kids to golf. I really don't. I love your kids. They're great. However, it's making me feel overwhelmed and a little taken advantage of, to be honest. I'm sure you didn't intend it, but I just needed you to know that's how I'm feeling. Wow. You can say that? I can. Just this. Just oh, my last, goodness. Like, that's huge. It is. I that know. is so huge. Wow. It is really huge. I, I had a... <laughs> you do not get to say you suck at saying no. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm working on it, but I had a situation with um, a friend that I have really, really helped over the years uh, in several different ways, always been there for her. And over the holidays, I couldn't be there for her as much as I was because it was the holidays. My online store gets so busy around the holidays, which I'm very grateful for. I love to be included in people's gift giving. But I get really busy around the holidays, too, because, you know, I'm producing Christmas on my own with Santa Claus and gifts and all that stuff. And so I couldn't respond to her needs the same timeline that she was used to. And she kind of started a little fight on Christmas Eve. She said, I'm really hurt that you haven't been able to be there for me. And I got really mad because I thought, you know, we're both single moms. You know how hard this is. How dare you put this on me? And on Christmas Eve, too. Mm -hmm. And so I... I said, I am really hurt by your inability to see things from my point of view, and here is why, and I just listed it out. And it just felt really good to say that instead of saying, oh, no, no, I'm not mad, I'm not upset, or I've just been busy. I just volleyed it right back. That's incredible because it also goes into the boundaries piece. 
and the whole self-care and self-esteem. And I think that that is such a huge, huge step because it does cause a big ripple effect into all of our relationships and our daily life. When we can stand up for ourselves and take that little piece of power back and not feel taken advantage of. Um, And I, I think, you know, I thought of this earlier before we got on the show is that whole fear of rejection. They're not going to like me. They're not going to, but, but that rejection thing, how many of us were brought up, do as you're told, obey your parents, honor your parents. And that kind of, when you think about it, it kind of plants a little seed of, you know, you don't want to have any confrontation. You're just going to stay, stay on track. Someone in authority told me to do this. I'm going to do it because, and shut your mouth and just do it. So I, I think, that those again it always not and then no blame because it's not like oh it's because of my parents I'm not saying that at all I just think that some of the things are so ingrained we may not even know how deep they are and yeah, why we you're can't not, you're say not no. blaming your parents you're just saying recognize where the root of this began yes yes the key but to recognizing the pattern I had an acquaintance well for years we were dear friends and then the, the pattern was, and I was a single mother. This, this person had no children, had a lot more flexibility in her life. And I would say, would you like to do this? Mm, no, that doesn't really work for me. So I, you know, keep reaching out. And there was only these little windows of time where I could actually have the freedom to do something or go in. And I didn't have the resources financially that she had. So that changed the balance as well. But after a while, it just started to really hurt my feelings. And it didn't matter. And I, I, I think as empathic people, as sensitive people, when people always tell us no or always, and I guess I didn't want to be that person either. So there's that fine line between what's mine to own and not wanting to emulate what feels bad coming from someone else. Well, here's the thing. you, As empaths, we have to go by our feelings, and we have to always trust what feels right and what feels wrong. And sometimes feeling yes feels really right. And I think if you're doing favors for people and the energy is reciprocated with gratitude, look, I'm not saying people have to fall on their knees and thank us a thousand times for driving their kids to soccer <laughs> practice, you know? But I'm just talking about the re- the reciprocal relationship of that energy exchange. You know, you don't want to become so empowered by no that you're saying no to everything and everyone. Step back and look at what's being asked of you and really evaluate, can I extend this energy? Start to look at energy like money if that helps you and just say, do I have enough money to invest in this? <laughs> Whatever this might be. You know, I fit myself like an iPhone battery. I really do. And throughout the week, that iPhone battery gets drained. And so everything that's being asked of me, I have to think, do I have enough battery left in my iPhone to say yes to this? And if I do and it feels great, fine, I'll do it. But if I don't, I've got to preserve my energy. That's a really good analogy. And it's also a nice visual because that's something we all deal with is, is depleting batteries. And it goes back to make, setting the priorities of really saying, mm-hmm. am, am I taking away from myself, my children, my, my, my sanity to, to always be doing so much for everyone else? There's a situation coming up this week that I shared with you before the show that I need to say no. And I have, it's not that they're counting on me, but that it's been implied that, that I need to be there. And I don't know. So the boundaries piece, I guess we'll just leave it at that. It always seems to come back to those same few issues for us as sensitive people and as empaths is it's okay to say no and take care of yourself. It's okay to put yourself on the list and make yourself a priority. And it ties in a lot with what we said on the webinar as far as that self-care, that self-love, that how it ties in with our self-esteem. And we need, well, for myself, I'm singing to the choir to myself on this one, finding that piece of respect for who we are on the planet. And it's not about so much what we do. It's just who we are. 
So, you know, that whole saying humans doing versus humans being. And I think that that's a, a fine line for a lot of us is we're so, so helpful. We want to be there. We want to support. We want to encourage. Yes, I'm exhausted, but you're upset, so I'll listen to it two o'clock in the morning. Whatever it might be, just re- reworking the tape that we would never want to put that on someone else, but yet we allow people to put it on us. And that's where the awareness piece comes in. You know, for your situation coming up this week where you need to say no and set a boundary, I think your situation is very particular because the people asking you for this favor are so darn nice. Mm-hmm. But they never exactly. Hear, they never hear you. They never hear your no. They never hear your side. And so I've dealt with situations like that too. And one thing that has helped me is role playing. You know, like oh. I'll call a friend and say, I have to do this. I have to talk to this person. Can you pretend to be, you know, him or her? And, and it helps me just to talk it out what I'm going to say. Sometimes I'll even write it out. Sometimes I'll even write them an email and I just won't even send it. But just to kind of have those talking points is really helpful. Do you know, though, what just truly, and this is for anyone listening, you're probably going to laugh because when you said, but they're so nice, I immediately, zero to 60 went to, oh, I really need to go. I really need to go and do that. I can't let them down. Oh, honest. But that's where my head went. That's exactly Uh where my head went because is there any manipulation and control? Probably. But it's coming from a place of they're also empathic people who are doing good things for people. They're not. So, again, it's am I taking care of me or is it because it's similar to what you said about helping the friend move. Mm -hmm. It's not that you – when is it that you just say, no, I'm taking care of myself and – or – no, I'm, I just don't want to do this. I'll tell you when that happens, when you are struggling so hard to find the words for saying no or yes to this thing coming up this week. That's a big sign. And if you really want to do something and, and, it's, and it's the right time and it's all going to work out, you don't even think twice about it. You just do it. But when you have to go back and forth with these things, that's a sign. This is not for me. You know, when I started to get... Um, busier with my readings, it was really overwhelming to me. It was really uh, nice. It was like um, a a little ego boost. It was very validating that all these people were hearing about me through word of mouth. And it was very overwhelming. And I had a really hard time learning how to say no. And I found myself doing readings seven days a week, all times of the day. I wasn't cooking as much for my family. I wasn't having time to write the little lunch notes in my kids' lunches. I wasn't having the time to be the person I wanted to be. I was just, I call it my octopus mode, where I'm just, you know, everyone's pulling on me, and I'm just giving to everyone. And luckily, I had a really good therapist that I would check in with about twice a month. And I said to him, you know, I'm so proud of myself that I'm getting busy like this, but I don't know how to handle it. And he said, I have an appointment with my proctologist. And he said, (laughs) you know, funny thing, he's not open past 5 p.m. So I had to wait a month to see him. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, you've got to set your boundaries. If you don't want to do readings at night, guess what? Sam's not open after 5 p.m. And he was just like so blunt about it. I don't know. It was very, very helpful. It is. That, and that goes back to, it, it, it is about boundaries, but it's also if you're in that mode, because it, I, I did have to smile. I am in that mode right now because I'm juggling the full-time job and the full-time readings, and, it, and I'm grateful for both. And I keep saying it's a means to an end. This is what I want to be doing. I've made this choice. And that's another key piece in this. Am I choosing? Am I choosing to do this to help someone, to support someone, to be of service, or is it taking away from my quality of life? Right. I do love the proctologist one, though. That's a good one. It's a, I don't want that visual, though, I must admit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just so funny because I didn't think of myself that way. I was so grateful for every reading request. I just wanted to accommodate all of them. And I feel that when we do this work, we are of service. And I felt an obligation to be available. And, and then another friend said to me, you know, I don't mean to be rude, but you're not the only medium out there. Right. <laughs> and she right. said, you know, if, if you can't meet their needs at their time that they need this reading, 
someone else will and can, and that's okay. And that well, was that a relief too. That also ties in with the, for anyone who is in a, a spiritually or service-based business or doing something that, and I'm sure there are a lot of folks listening to this that are, when you change your rates and you, you and people say, oh, but can't you still give it to me at, at the old price? I can't afford that. And that's another one of those big stepping stones of, well, there's someone else who does charge that rate that I'm sure you could, I don't say that to people, but I'm, I've learned that, that response in my own head of I don't have to, exactly what you just said, be the only person who can deliver this service because there's more than enough to go around. And if I can't schedule someone or I can't fit someone in, it's not meant to happen. Yes. You know what a lot of massage therapists call those clients? What? Coupon clients. Oh, yeah. I have sense. a massage therapist friend, and, and she says, I will never, ever put a coupon out there for my massage uh, services. And she said, I don't want coupon clients looking to get a deal. And she said, because what I offer is a healing service, and I need someone who's receptive to it and honors the energy exchange, the healing that they're going to receive, but also honors the time and commitment and work I've put into becoming the massage therapist I am with my skills. That, that's an excellent point. Okay, what just popped into my head, and I don't know why a massage therapist popped this into my head, saying no to family or friends or people who are, not friends so much, but family or uh, your children or, you know, I, I did a reading a couple days ago and the woman, we were talking about boundaries with, with young adult children and she had had some issues with, with one of her children and uh, it became the expectation that she, she said, I can't seem to cut off the gravy train. And the expectation is, oh, don't worry, mom will take care of it. She keeps bailing me out. She keeps taking care of these things. And I think that that's another whole, that that's a very different thing for, for, uh, for people in general, but also when you throw in the empathic piece and it's someone you care about or someone who has been, you know, in my case, even though they're past now, the, the rule was your mother is always right. You do what you're told. You don't talk back. And how would you say no to that? How would you say without falling into passive aggressive or without falling into um, making something acrimonious? Well, I think you just say no and you don't add any explanations. I have a really close uh, family member who would always ask to borrow things and never return them. And I'm not talking like garden tools. I'm talking like clothes that I <laughs> spent a lot of money on and really cherish or pieces of china that I use when I serve, you know, nice dinners. And I would never get them back. And when I would ask, oh, I don't know where that is. I'll bring it next time I see you. And so now when that person asks to borrow something, I just say, you know what, I'm so sorry I don't have it anymore. Or I'm so sorry I'm using it that weekend. So I Which is, know. And eventually it, they've stopped asking. And again, it's taking care of yourself. And because if this is something you cherish and you don't want it to, 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 to disappear or be gone, and also that resentment piece. So I'm just jump over another fence of, if it becomes a place of resentment or, you know, the, the name lights up on your phone like, oh, I wonder what they want now, that's not healthy for us. That's not healthy for us physically, mentally, or spiritually to, to harbor those types of emotions because they are going to fester, potentially cause illness or at least unrest. Yes, and that's, that's that degradation of energy I was talking about before. And so it goes back to whether it's family or a very, very close friend that's like family, it's okay to say no to them too, especially if that energy is not being returned to you. Uh, I have a friend who would always ask me to babysit her children, but whenever I asked, hey, I've got to run to the dentist, could you watch my kids for an hour? No, I'm so sorry, I can't. Once that happened four, five, six times, I got the message. And so when she would ask me to watch her kids, even if I could, I would say, I'm so sorry, that doesn't work out for my schedule. And that that's healthy. It's not coming from a place of guilt. It's not passive aggressive. It's very simple. It's very direct. And it honors you. And I think that that's a huge part in this of not, and I'm going to go back to what you said about when people are really nice or they're people that make, that muddies the waters a little bit, but it doesn't change the approach. If it's something that you really don't have the time, the energy, the effort, or the desire to do, then 
I love the role playing idea. I love, you know, practicing that. Sometimes, and I will, and this is probably not healthy, and but I'm going to say it anyway, I'll get off the phone and I'll just have a little rant by myself that I'll say, son of a bitch, why didn't I bat, 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 and then I'm done with it and I let it go. And then I can contact the person and say, no, that doesn't work for me. So sometimes you might have to write it out or get it out or say something colorful and I guess this comes back to the not wanting to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be cruel. I don't want to say something that's just, that, I think it's a learned skill, I guess is what I'm saying. It is a learned skill. And there's two things I want to say to that. One, what you just said reminded me, you don't have to say no or yes right away. A really good buy time. To request, yeah, is let me think about that. Let me check my schedule. I will get back to you. And then you can think about it and feel about it and feel, does this work for me? Does this work for my family? Can I do this without taking too much from my own personal battery charge? And then you can say yes or no with a clean and good conscience. The second thing I want to say is I don't want um, anyone hearing my harshness and think, well, boy, Samantha's awfully tit for tat. (laughs) Because (laughs) I'm not coming at this from a tit-for-tat energy. I'm coming at this from a survival energy. And I I mean that as blown up as it sounds. I mean, life is is really busy for most of us. And we have to get through every day the best that we can. And I got to tell you, like, you know, getting through breast cancer taught me this. Becoming a single mom unexpectedly really taught me this. Like, we have to hunker down and focus on what is important to us, who is important to us, and carve out energy and time and space for that. And everything else can fall to the wayside. Once you scale your life down really and truly to what and who matters, your life will start to fall into place and you will start to find that strength within you you didn't even know you had to say, no, I cannot. I literally, figuratively, physically emotionally cannot do that. And if you can't accept that, then you're going to have to fall to the wayside too because I am surviving and thriving through my days. Oh, that was very, very well put. Truly. Very succinct, very clear. And also... <laughs> I don't know if you... No, but you're... But... No, it was, but your whole... That came from such a place of strength and empowerment. And, and I can tell that that's something that you've done a lot of work on, just by the way your energy changed, by the way your tone changed. And I mean that as an absolute compliment, because I think that that's something that we're all a work in progress. We're all, you know, three steps forward, two back. But that was a hard one battle for you to, to prioritize your life in those directions. And I think that's an incredible, yeah. if any message comes through this whole podcast today, that's the, that's the main message that we're trying to portray is this yeah, really is about taking care of yourself. You know, and what you just said before about how you, you like being nice and you like doing things for others and you don't enjoy making people feel bad. There are so many people out there who will knowingly or unknowingly take advantage of that. Yeah. Years ago when I was teaching at the community college, we were uh, – I don't know what it's called when this big team comes in and they review everything and make sure that all your everything's up to par. It's this mm-hmm. it's this statewide committee and they make sure you're accredited and all of that. Anyway, I walked into my department and I overheard some people and there was a lot of stuff that needed to be done before this committee came in, a lot of copies that need to be made and a lot of grade books that needed to be collected and all sorts of stuff. And I heard someone say, well, ask Samantha, she'll, she'll do it, she'll do it. And someone else goes, oh, yeah, she's so nice. She'll definitely do it. And it wasn't like, oh, she's so nice. We love her. She'll do it. It was more, she's so nice, she wouldn't have the cojones to say no to us. (laughs) You know, and I realized a lot of people see kindness as a weakness. And they see that as, oh, she's nice. I can take advantage of that. And not Mm -hmm. these people weren't mean people. They just had a list of crap they had to do before this big team came in, and they didn't want to do it. And so they thought, who's the nice person we can pass this off to? Oh, Samantha. And probably some of the people in that group would look, oh, I just delegate. It's not, and they would see it as a positive. They would, and they would 
I can almost guarantee they would have no problem saying no. Because it does come back to, um, I I think the self-esteem piece is a huge part of this as well. I truly do. The the people-pleasing, the self-esteem, we keep coming back to that, but it's a huge part of it. And not wanting to be selfish, not wanting to be self-centered. And those are all, uh, you know, family of origin remarks or things that we don't want to be that person. I keep saying that, but I, I, I think it's important. Also, I think it, it's, it's nice to remind ourselves that if we say no, it's not a gauge of how much we care about that person or that situation. It might just be exactly what you said. We don't have the time right now or we have other things that we need to prioritize in our lives. So to maybe that's a, another key in this is to not make it as personal, make it about the situation or uh, I'd be glad to do it another time, but I can't do it right now. If that's the case, if it's a time aspect, well, that's kind of putting it off, isn't it? No, I mean, I think what you're saying is every everything in our life is a season. And I'm in a really busy season of my life. And so I am saying no to a lot of things and to a lot of people. And that's okay because I know this busy season is not my whole life. I know this busy season will end one day. And I know I'll be able to say yes to all the things I want to say yes to. And there's so many things I want to do and there's so many people I want to help. But right now I can't. doesn't make me a bad person. doesn't make me a selfish person. It just makes me a person who's highly focused on getting shit done that she needs to get done for her family right now. And any extra time I have, I will help someone. But I've got to get focused on what I need to do for for me and for my family right now. So I think what you're saying is it's about prioritizing what you can and can't do. And realizing, we, we had chatted about this before as well, Right now, where you are in your life, and I've I've already been through that phase of my life, is it's a little window of time, and you can't get Mm -hmm. it back. That time when your kids are home and growing or you're building a career, whatever it might be, that that is precious. It's priority. And I think that when it comes to, if it had ever come down to someone asking me to do something and the the boys always came first in that situation because I knew I was their primary person, and there was no there was no wiggle room. Sorry, I can't. I have to take take care of the boys. But when that isn't as much of a um, now that they're grown, I don't have that <laughs> that shield. I guess we should say. Um, but it's a big part of knowing that what this is. A, I love that that statement. This is a season in my life because it's not going to always be like right now. If you're feeling overwhelmed or bombarded with requests, there's there's ebb and flow to everything. And this is just one little window in our lives. Which is why it's also important to talk to your guides and communicate with your, your team on the other side. When I have really, really busy times that are connected to my family or my personal life, I'll talk to my guides and it's kind of a miracle. Like my orders will slow down that week. And then I'll get everything that I need to get done for my personal life. And then the next week, my orders are like through the roof. If I forget to tune in with my guides and check in and say, hey, this is a really busy week, I need help, the work will keep coming in and I'll feel overwhelmed. So I think it's important to also keep that that active prayer life going where you're keeping those lines of communication open. And Um, asking for help. Asking asking for for backup. Yes. 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 That's key. I also wanted to mention, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, Denise, the Ben Franklin effect. No. There's Okay, so Ben Franklin had this political opponent that just hated him, and they they would uh, get it out on in like articles and newspapers and interviews, but they never met in person or spoke, but they were political enemies. And so Ben Franklin decided to try a little experiment, and he contacted the man and asked if he could borrow a very rare book from the man's personal library. The man was happy to do so, obliged, gave him the rare book. Ben Franklin borrowed it and returned it. And after that, the man was a friend of his, and they remained friends until the end of their life. And so Ben Franklin learned that when you ask someone to do a favor for you, it actually makes them like you more and be your friend. 
And so psychologists hmm. have since studied this, and it's called the Ben Franklin effect. Very interesting. This, when, I, when I read about this, it had quite an effect on me because I have always spent my life, and, and it is rooted in my childhood, of feeling protected and safe in the fact that I don't need anyone. I'm good. No, 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 I'm fine. Thank you. I can handle all of this on my own. And that has always made me feel independent and, and empowered and self-sufficient. And you know what? That's not a good way to go through life, not needing others, not asking for anything. And so it's taken me a long time, but I've learned that it's really important to ask for favors. As much as, as, much as it is important for us to extend favors to others that mean something to us, it's also important, again, that reciprocal exchange of energy to ask for favors in return. And a, a huge, very, very, very steep learning curve for a lot of us. I could be at the yes. front of that line. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but have, but well, think, put yourself in the other shoe, okay? Have you ever had a friend who's going through a really difficult time and you've asked her, is there anything I can do for you? And that friend says, no, thank you, I'm fine, I'm good. You feel a little deflated because you want to help your friend. You want to do something. But then right. change that scenario, a friend's going through a difficult time, maybe her mom's in the hospital and she's taking care of kids and running to the hospital every other day to check on her mom, and you say, is there anything I can do for you? And she says, oh my gosh, you make the best boulonnais sauce. Could you just make a big tub of that and drop it off at my house and I can just you know, feed my kids dinner one night? You're going to be like, heck yeah, I can do that, and you're going to be so excited to go to the store and get those ingredients and make that meal for your friend. True, and I think that the, a, a key in that is it's not something that's ever been taken advantage of. It's not that the friend is, oh, I'm having an event. Would you mind doing this? It, it hasn't been a, a pattern. Exactly. Um, it's, you, it's, it's just you saying yes to an offer of help, and I think when we do that, we strengthen those ties between that friend and ourselves. And if you don't believe me, just Google the Ben Franklin effect and read about it. <laughs> okay, the other thing I wanted to talk about is this um, lovely conversation I had with my kids. Um, I'm not rubbing this in, Denise, because I know you're like freezing right now up in Maine. <laughs> but we had, this, we had this really weird, warm, sunny day yesterday. So we went to the beach all day. And it was oh. really nice. We brought the dogs. And um, my daughter said, you know, Lent's coming up on Wednesday, Mom. Like, what are you giving up for Lent? And my other daughter rolled her eyes, and she's like, oh, my gosh. Catholicism is always asking us to sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. And so I said, well, you know, I said, the point of Lent isn't really to sacrifice or to give up something. The whole point of Lent, the reason why they put ashes on your forehead, is to remind you that everything has a beginning and everything has an end. And it's to prepare us to get ready for the sacrifice Jesus made for us, but to remind us that he resurrected just as we will resurrect. So it's actually a hopeful and a positive time. And so as we go into the 40 days of Lent, it's not necessarily about sacrificing to thank Jesus for being crucified on the cross. It's really about looking at what obstacles do we have between us and the God in our life. Is TV an obstacle between us and our spirituality? Is checking Facebook and Instagram and Twitter an obstacle? Is having two glasses of wine every night after dinner, is that an obstacle to our authentic path? Is picking up the phone to gossip with our coworker every day an obstacle? So it's not about sacrifice. It's about looking at what are the blocks between me and my God, whatever that is for you and trying to remove those for 40 days and see if it strengthens that connection. And so my daughters were thinking about that, and I said, also, with Lent, you don't have to give something up. You can also add something that will strengthen that connection between you and God. So, for example, my daughter, my older daughter and I, we always talk about doing more yoga, but we never do more yoga. We maybe do it once a week now. And so I said, for example, you and I always feel really good when we do yoga, and it helps us to be more centered in our, in our mind and in our bodies. I said, what if we just added a set schedule for 40 days, and we just agreed, okay, every Monday and Wednesday after dinner, we're going to do yoga. And she was like, that would be great. 
And so I said to my other daughter, I said, when do you feel centered and focused? And she said, when I'm reading. And I said, okay, so how about like every Tuesday and Thursday after dinner, we all will sit together and just read our own books and just add that to our schedule. And so we came up with this really neat idea to go into the 40 days of Lent. Um, my younger daughter, who's my night owl like me, she's going to commit to going to bed at 9.30 every night, which will be a miracle if it happens. I'll report back. <laughs> <laughs> so that she can go into her day more gently. So anyway, I tell this whole long story simply to invite you all to think, you know, some of you listening might not celebrate Lent, and that's absolutely fine. I'm not trying to be preachy at all. But I'm just saying that idea of looking at a set time, 30 days, 40 days, whatever works for you. Psychologists have proven that it takes 21 consistent days to make something a habit. So you could just pick 21 days. But try to pick 21, 30, 40 days coming up where you can make a commitment to yourself where you either take something away that's blocking your authentic self or you add something to your life that would add to your spirituality. And and I love that I love that concept, I love that commitment to self and it does it comes back to the empowerment piece so that we can be stronger to set the boundaries, to say no to what we don't want to do, to take care of ourselves in addition to taking care of, of other situations in our lives. Uh, I, I think that's a, a very, and the, the piece of making it a habit, especially this lull right now between winter and spring, it's a, it's a wonderful time to do this. Yes, yes. And, and know yourself. I mean, you don't have to you know, I'm not saying you've got to go cold turkey on, on something that you've been doing constantly that that is that's something you need right now. I'm not suggesting anything drastic. I, I, this should be something joyful. It, and so, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying go on a diet for 40 days and, you know, stop eating sugar or red meat, it, it, unless that's something you really authentically want to do. It should be something that you're excited about. Like, I'm excited about adding more yoga to my week. I'm excited yes. about adding these reading nights with my daughters. And I have committed with my night owl to try to go to bed earlier. I'm not excited <laughs> about that, but I do know it will be better for me. But all of um, those things add to your quality of life. They add to your sense yes. of self. They add to your, your, your sense of family. Yes, yes. Um, and my older daughter has... She's beautiful, obviously. I think she's beautiful, but she really is beautiful. And she has this gorgeous hair and these beautiful eyes. And she's 15, so she's starting to figure this out and accept this, but it's really hard for her. And whenever we're walking around town, people compliment her all the time. They'll say, mm-hmm. oh gosh, you have such beautiful hair, or are you wearing contact? Your eyes are so blue. And she'll always shrug it off. Oh, no, I hate my hair. Thanks, though. Or, um, oh, no, I, I normally wear glasses. Like, she just shrugs it all off. And so one of the things that she's committed to for her 40 days of Lent is to accept every compliment that comes her way. Wow. And I'm really excited about that. I hope she does it. So oh, things that's like that. beautiful. Yeah, just when someone gives you a compliment, I mean, and again, put yourself in that person's shoes. I I try to compliment somebody every day. It's something I've done for years. It makes me feel really good. It makes them feel really good. And it's really little things. You know, I love your nails. Um, I love your purse or whatever. Your kids are so well behaved. I just try to extend a compliment whenever I can. And think about if you do, it's kind of risky. I mean, you feel a little silly, right? Like the waitress comes up to your table and and you say, oh, my gosh, you have such beautiful hair. It's kind of, you feel a little vulnerable, and if that person doesn't accept that compliment, you feel even more so. Mm-hmm. But if they say, oh, thank you so much, you feel good, they feel good. So I think it's important to learn that give and take. So anyway, I just invite everyone to think about this time, this lull that Denise was saying between now and spring, and think about what can you add to your life or what can you take away from your life that will just make you feel better about yourself and your life and make you feel a more awareness the energy that you expend every single day. I would like to challenge everybody to do something, Denise, including you, and I hope everyone Uh-oh. takes me up on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, at some point in the next four weeks, I want everyone to take a me day. Oh. Like, 
just one day in the next four weeks where you either take a Saturday or a Sunday or if you have kids, I recommend you just call out sick from work one day <laughs> so that you can truly have a B day when they're at school and you just do whatever you want for that day. Stay in bed all day, read, watch TV, go see a movie, get a massage, binge watch a show you need to catch up on, whatever it is that makes you feel cozy and tucked in. Immediately, my mind started racing to, I could maybe do an afternoon. I could try for an afternoon. <laughs> uh, so a work in progress. We're all a work in progress. Um, and I think I just want to, you know, the whole thing with the saying no, I'm just going to bring it back to that for a second, is it's about coming over this fear of rejection, and, but it's also about wanting to feel in control, but not wanting to put yourself in that place of feeling trapped or resentful or guilty anymore. Instead, when you, when you can say no from a place of power and strength and because you're taking care of yourself, it's very empowering and it, and it does give you a sense of freedom. Um, that, so it, that might be another challenge in, in learning to say no without having guilt or learning to say no about something that really is not going to to, to be to the detriment of anyone involved, it's, but it is a self-care piece. It is an important self-care piece, and that's why I'm encouraging people to say yes to themselves at least one day this month, because when you say yes to yourself and you get that battery recharged, you realize how crucial it is to say yes to yourself, and that will empower you to say no to things and people and situations you don't really want to do. Very good point. And it will actually make you more likable. <laughs> I mean, really, and less if, stressed. If that's a motivation for saying yes is to, you know, not hurt people's feelings and not let anyone down, which is really another way of saying I want everyone to like me, just remember the Ben Franklin effect because when you say yes to everyone, it doesn't actually make you more likable. No. No, it it, and it's thinkable. also... None of us, and I've said this in my traditional work environments for years, where all, no one is indispensable. Everyone can be replaced. And a lot of people don't like that thought of, oh, well, I have to do it because if I don't do it, no one else will. But sometimes it's okay to take a step back and let someone else take care of it. Exactly. And, you know, before we close out, I want to just always bring it back to something I say a lot, which is think about your funeral. And I know that sounds depressing and pessimistic, but it helps people cut down to what's important. And when you're saying no to people, think, are these people going to be at my funeral? Hmm. And it'll help you realize who and who's really there for you. I had a, I told you, Denise, last month, a very good friend of mine, <clears throat> excuse me, passed away suddenly in her sleep. And she was our school secretary. And I just adore this woman. She was so nice and so kind and always there for everybody and really had a hard time saying no to people. Um, her passing was super unexpected. And there was a group of people at the school. You know, when you go to a private school, there's some people who believe they need to get what they're paying for in every single way. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. And so there were a group of people that kind of made her job really, really hard and she was always nice and accommodating to them and always put herself out there. And I used to stop by the office and I would give her little tips like, um, don't forget to put pink light around them. If they're being mean to you, just wrap them up in cotton candy and it'll calm their energy down. And she was so sweet to me. She went out and bought like five pink shirts. <laughs> and, she would, and she would wear these beautiful pink blouses you know, as a way to remind herself to put pink light around people and, and put pink light around herself and, and you know, to say no. And Anyway, I went to her wake and her funeral, and I had to wait in line for over an hour just to speak to her family. That's how many people showed up to say goodbye to her. But do you know who wasn't there at the wake or the funeral? Those group of not-so-nice parents. Right. Well, and what terrible what just popped into my head was she was no use to them anymore. Right, right. And that but sounds harsh, but I think that that's a, yes. Yep, those people are always going to be there. 
you call them energy vampires, psychic vampires, negative people, whatever you want to call them, put any name on them. They're just takers. And you just got to think, at the end of my life, are these people going to be there for me? And if the answer is no, then say no to them. That's right. Because we're going to take care of ourselves this month. That's right. So this week, especially you, Denise, are you going to say no to those nice people? I'm going to do some role-playing with myself and practice. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) We will all send you a good, positive mojo to say no to these really nice people so that you can say yes to yourself. That is something I just think we all as empaths need to focus on. When I say no to this, am I saying yes to myself and vice versa? When I say yes to this, am I saying no to myself? That's a good one. That's very good. Well, we hope we've given you some food for thought and some things to think about as you go out into your week. Again, remember, I'm not trying to say, say no to everyone. Be selfish. (laughs) yourself. I'm just trying to say that we empaths, we're here to be of service. That's our job. That's our sole purpose. That's what makes us feel connected to the world around us and that's our gift but there are people out there who will take advantage of that gift without any thought or idea to return that energy or to even appreciate that gift for what it truly is and so all I'm trying to say is make sure that you take care of your gift and treasure your gift before you just give it away so easily and then that's the key to everything, to a quality of life. Yeah, it really is. Well, thank you so very much for listening. Please tune in next week. We have so many exciting shows coming up. We have some more guests coming on that we can't wait to share with you. And we have our monthly Q&A coming up shortly. So if you have any questions that you would like us to answer on the show, you can send them to us at enlightenedempaths at gmail.com or you can message us um, on our Facebook page, Enlightened Empaths. Also, um, in two days, I'm going to be teaching a webinar for beginner crystals. It's very exciting. I can't wait to share all my favorite stones with you all. I'm going to be talking about ways that you can incorporate crystals into your life in really practical ways, how to use them in your home, in your work, in your car, how to set up energy grids with crystals. So if you're interested in that, all of that information is on my website, samanthafay.com and Denise and I are planning some more webinars that we will be bringing to you shortly so please check us out on Facebook or at our websites I'm samanthafay.com and Denise is thegratefulmessenger.com thank you so much for listening we hope you have a beautiful wonderful week where you are saying yes to yourself don't forget to show up do great work and share your life